0: Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. This is David Trabig speaking, and I'm sharing a little bit of insight with you on the article I wrote titled, Seven Keys for Developing Spiritual Discernment, and I'll talk about part one of the article. I actually got the idea for this uh, article as I was preparing uh, a Bible study or Christian living class for a teen camp. The subject had to do with discernment and being able to train one's heart. And it really struck me how our hearts have to be trained if we're going to be in sync with God, and that just knowing uh, what God says to do is not sufficient. Uh, We can have an intellectual type of knowledge, but that's not sufficient when it comes to really having a relationship with God and being able to sustain that relationship. And so uh, in my article, I began by telling a story about my father, who many years ago as he was learning about God's way of life, uh, had a certain amount of confusion regarding the Sabbath. He read literature about the Sabbath that made sense that it was on Saturday instead of Sunday. And then he talked to his Protestant pastor, and the Protestant pastor had a logical explanation, at least it seemed logical to him at the time, as to why that church met on Sunday. And so my father needed to know how to discern between that information that he had been given. So uh, he had to learn some of these keys. And as he learned various things and grew in understanding, he was able to sort through the confusion And of course, that's the challenge that we all uh, continue to face all through our lives, no matter our age. The first key that I uh, addressed in this uh, part one of the article was to recognize that there are spiritual absolutes. I was really struck as I uh, was studying and reflecting this particular subject, how it is that In almost every walk of life, uh, such as in math, science, construction, building a house, everyone wants everything according to standards, according to codes, and that things always have to be a particular way. And yet, when it comes to choices in life, many people don't want there to be any absolutes. They resent any absolutes. The truth of the matter is that there are absolutes, and God does have expectations of us as human beings, and God tells us what is right and what is wrong, and that's his prerogative as God. So you have to start with that key principle to realize that God has authority in our lives, and it helps when we understand that God's laws are always good and beneficial. They're not like many people think that they're to restrict or prohibit us from enjoying life. In fact, they're for our good, and they lead to good. And so uh, that is an important point. A number of people misunderstand Matthew chapter 7, where Christ said, judge not that you be not judged. And if people will continue reading in that passage, they will realize that Christ also went on to say, to first get the splinter or mote or beam out of your own eye so you'll be able to help your brother. Uh, If you weren't to judge at all, you couldn't help your brother because even after you got the beam out of your eye, you you couldn't see or even admit or say that uh, there was a problem your brother was having. On another occasion, it is easier perhaps for us to understand in John chapter 7, where Jesus said, judge with righteous judgment. The second key is to ask God for help. As many of you probably realize, some of the popular mantras today are that we human beings should simply follow our hearts or look inside ourselves for answers to life's important questions. Well, that just does not match up with what the Bible teaches. Uh, Solomon understood that uh, very early on in his reign. He admitted to God that he needed an understanding heart. He didn't know how to go in or to go out. God respected his prayer that he made, and God gave him wisdom. We can do the same thing. We can ask God for help. Other authors, writers in the Bible reflected that same concept. Uh, Jeremiah, for example, told God that he knew that the way of man was not in himself, and that man wasn't able to direct his own steps, that he needed guidance. Uh, that the heart is deceitful. And because the heart is deceitful, it has to be trained. And so we need to pray and ask God for help in learning to discern what God wants us to do. The third principle is really pretty simple. It's to hate what God hates and love what God loves. The basis for this was understanding that God has called us to become like him, God created us from the very beginning in His image, and through life and experience and learning about God and responding to God, we are actually to become more and more like God. Paul called us being conformed to the image of His Son, and that the end result would be that our bodies are conformed to Christ's glorious body and God the Father's glorious body. So, That's why Paul told the Corinthians to imitate him as he imitated Christ. And so when we apply this in our lives, we can do it by simply starting with learning to hate what God hates and love what God loves. In terms of what God hates, uh, we also need to understand that God does love people, but he hates sin because of what it does to human beings and the toll that it takes upon us. The Bible does give us a number of things and and actually uses this word hates, and there's also a word uh, called an abomination that uh, is especially obnoxious and bad to God. But here are a few of the things uh, I found just to sample some of the list of things that God hates. Uh, They include false worship, divorce, humans eating unclean meats, cross-dressing, businessmen cheating other people, lying and in general, the way of the wicked. Even Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 16 through 19 adds seven more things that God hates. And Psalm 97 sort of encapsulizes this principle. It says, you who love the Lord hate evil. And so hating evil is a good thing for us to do. It trains our heart to be able to discern spiritually the way God wants us to. As for what God loves, uh, there are several things that are also mentioned in the Bible regarding this. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 9 that he loves a cheerful giver. In Revelation 5, 8, uh, we read that he appreciates our heartfelt prayers. Hebrews 13 says he's pleased to see us do good and share with others. And Luke 12 says God is going to take pleasure in inviting the saints into his kingdom. Amos, the Old Testament prophet, summarized this key uh, when he said and wrote, hate evil, love good. And that advice, of course, is still valid uh, for us today. In the next uh, issue, the continuation of part two, I'll go through the other keys, the other four, the remaining four keys. But there's also a sidebar that I included. I thought this sidebar would be helpful uh, to help people understand that we really do need to judge. Uh, Some might not understand or uh, immediately realize that Matthew chapter 7 is, uh, when it says, judge not, that you be not judged, that what Christ was talking about was judging hypocritically. Uh, When you put the whole Bible together, we, we see a more complete picture. And a few of the things that the Bible specifically tells us that we do need to judge are pretty obvious. A number of scriptures tell us that we need to judge doctrine as to whether it is sound or it is flawed. There are also uh, many scriptures that tell us that we have to discern religious teachers as to whether they teach truth or error. And as for morals, the Bible talks about the concept of whether we're going to accept and live by godly standards or those of the world. And even surprisingly to many, and this is something that I like to point out to young people when I go to teen camps, is that choosing our friends is also important. The Bible has a number of scriptures, especially in the Proverbs, that talk about choosing our friends wisely because of the influence that they will have upon us. And then there's the subject of culture. Do we strive to live godly lives or to be accepted by the world? And then finally, of course, ourselves. We Christians regularly have to judge ourselves to see whether we're in the faith, whether we're faithfully following God and his instructions to us. I sort of conclude that sidebar by noting that it's not our job to judge people in the sense of condemning them. Uh, That responsibility for that kind of judgment is given to Jesus Christ. And we know that Christ's judgments are completely fair, and they're merciful. They're tempered. Christ has the perfect balance in being able to do that. But the point is that God does expect us to discern what is godly and what is ungodly, so we can live in obedience to his good and beneficial laws. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit LifeHopeAndTruth.com.